All right, how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Three Dudes Reviews featuring Mike, Terry, and Fox. Hey, we're coming back, and we've got our final movie in our murder mystery series uh, tonight, and that's Deep Red. Yeah, it's deep, and it's red. And we watched it. That's right. So just quick recap of what else we did was our first movie was Prisoners, and then we did Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and now we got Deep Red. Yeah, a throwback, getting away from those modern mysteries and back to when it was a simpler time, and <laughs> they were trying to figure things out a little bit still, I think. <laughs> Is that what 1975 was? <laughs> <laughs> I have my suspicions, yes. <laughs> All right. So Deep Red uh, came out in 1975. It was directed by Dario Argento. Is that how you say his name, TV? I think so. That sounds right to me. That's how I've always heard it. All right. And it stars some people that I've never heard of before. David Hemmings, Daria Nicolodi. So he's an Italian director, right? Yeah, yeah. He's from Italy. Okay. And so currently... On IMDb, this has a 7.7 .7 out of 10 user score, an 89 meta score, and then on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 96% tomato meter. So, yeah, this is pretty pretty well, you know, rated across the board. Everybody seems to enjoy it. And uh, I'll just read the synopsis here from IMDb. After witnessing a brutal murder, a pianist is unsuspectingly pulled into a complex web of mystery. I don't know so much as pulled in as he readily volunteers, but <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem to kind of just insert himself into the mystery. He doesn't necessarily <laughs> need to be there, but he makes himself there. <laughs> in fact, I feel like at some point somebody's like, you're a pianist. And he's like, so? <laughs> so I guess, what did you guys think of this movie? I got to say, I've never uh, really watched any of this guy's movies. The only reason I even like have heard of this one was because um, Goblin did the soundtrack. And my friend bought me this like box set of Goblin CDs, which I'd never heard before. And it was like so funky and groovy and like, ooh, it felt so good. I was like, I gotta, I gotta watch these movies now. I mean, the soundtrack is phenomenal, I think. I love it. It's very 70s, like kind of <laughs> funky. The bass is going like, ooh, the prog rock 70s style. It's great. This was definitely quite a different theme and tone than the other movies we've been watching. Prisoners and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, those were pretty heavy in some of the subject matter they covered. But um, this one was pretty light. It was actually kind of like comedical at times, you know, <laughs> it's... So it's like a murder mystery movie. This dude's investigating stuff, but it's got like a heist movie soundtrack to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of weird, but like it works. There's a couple moments I think it gets a little too obnoxious, but for the most part, like it's got this cool groove to it. You're just like, okay, I can... It gives such a certain mood to it, I think. Yeah, like I was kind of expecting there to be like more jazz, you know piano but like most of the time it's not that it's like i don't know surf rock at times and then other times it's like something else weird i don't know it's kind of strange but i i didn't dislike that it just that's what really stood out to me about this movie yeah i guess this director is pretty like high profile um he's a big like italian horror guy usually i think and i could i'd almost consider this like it's a murder mystery but it's kind of a slasher movie too yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think I think he's that's kind of his specialty, is slasher movies. I know he did uh, the European version of Dawn of the Dead, I believe, like 
George Romero sent it over there and he like re-edited it, had Goblin score some of it. And so I guess he's like a pretty high profile guy, but yeah, I haven't really delved into his work too much. So on IMDb, it has this as a horror mystery thriller, but I don't think it was that like horror, you know, there was some kind of like bad stuff that happened in it. It's some brutal stuff, you know, but I think I think the kills were pretty like slasher brutal horror style. It's just so weird that like the, the brutal slasher stuff is contrasted with this kind of goofy bumbling almost like detective and um, like humorous moments and stuff. There's a moment in the car where like it's just a bunch of really goofy stuff compared to what we just saw when it was like a lady getting like her head thrown into broken glass and like stabbed it's a weird mashup but it kind of works yeah it reminds me of um tarantino a little bit you know where he'll have this really horrible thing that kind of happens and then he plays some really out of place music like a second later and it just cuts to it and then all of a sudden just stops and i think tarantino is pretty heavily inspired by like 70s movies in general i can feel that vibe especially in this where like the out of place music that just like blasts and then it just suddenly like cuts and it stops and you get a weird scene after or something you know i feel there was even like a scene at one point where the goofy music was going on and he was kind of bumbling around and then something creepy happened then it stopped and he like looked over his shoulder for a second and then it resumed and he kept doing his thing and the music started (laughs) back up right away (laughs) yeah that was awesome i love that scene yeah i like i wonder if this movie would have been a lot less amusing without this awesome soundtrack because it seems like the actors take themselves pretty seriously and the script seems to take itself pretty seriously or as seriously as you can having a pianist suddenly attempting to solve these like serial murders and it kind of it starts off kind of ridiculous already when like the whole like beginning of this movie basically is a psychic is giving like a presentation to prove she's psychic or something and then she senses the murderer in the crowd and feels like the dark murderous thoughts and then gets murdered like a legit psychic is murdered at the beginning of this movie and then like psychic stuff never shows up again in this movie at all except for like the clues that she gives but i thought it was gonna be kind of a key element but that's true we do just kind of gloss over that don't we i forgot about that (laughs) yeah like you'd think that would show up later but i guess her like uh her psychic friends kind of showed up but they clearly weren't psychic because they uh didn't see it coming, I guess. <laughs> they weren't psychic. They were just like in support of this lady, I think, kind of showcasing her. Mm. They were like professors, I think, is what they were. Unfortunate. I mean, I bring up the music because that was the thing that stuck out to me the most about this movie. Like the story's okay, acting's okay, but the the goofy like contrast you were saying with the music and then the serious acting and stuff, yeah, that just stuck with me the most about this movie it's yeah it's so comical sometimes like just the goofy like the thought process he has like i'm gonna do this action because that's what somebody investigating a murder would do and then it cues in the goofy bass solo (laughs) (laughs) it's almost like monty python at some points (laughs) i mean i absolutely loved the scene where so he was investigating this house i don't even remember what clue he had to go to this house. He read it in a book, didn't he? There was like an urban legend about this house where like somebody got killed and then they heard like a child screaming or they heard music because there's music before like every kill. They always hear this weird like child song. And then there's this weird urban legend about a children's song being played and then someone screaming. And so they went to the house where that supposedly happened. That's it. Yeah. But like he visited early in the day and he decides to go back later at night because he's going to, you know, do some illegal stuff there. I think like break 
breaking and entering, but he's climbing up the side of this building <laughs> and he starts falling off. And then the the goofy music comes in, and it's like a, you know a minute and a half scene of this guy just falling <laughs> off this thing and like holding on to gutters, and those are falling. <laughs> well, yeah, and and the music's like it's like this weird like synth, like just like this high pitch wait, like and it goes on for like twenty seconds, and you're like, like what is this? It's such a weird, like, <laughs> it's so strange. Like, I absolutely love that part of the movie, though, you know? Yeah. I wish there was, like, some more of that in there, because it was just so weird and bizarre. I've never seen anything like it, and it was goofy, you know? Well, the 70s were a different time, you know? I feel like there's, like, kind of two kinds of acting, you know? Maybe this is just me. I feel like there's, like, like stage, like, theater, Broadway kind of acting, where people are being real dramatic and over the top. Then there's like film acting, you know, where you're trying to win an Academy Award and convince people that you're a real person and not just an actor. And I feel like the 70s, people were still thinking it was like stage and theater. And these people are just real dramatic, real, just laying it on, real hammy. Marlon Brando, I think, is like the one who like kind of almost invented this like acting like an actual person and not acting like you were on a stage play or something. I think, and that he was just right in the 70s. That was like his big time wasn't it yeah i mean i wouldn't have guessed brando for that i guess uh you know he made it famous like he was one of the first people that kind of stella stella are you <laughs> what are you yelling stella Stella. yeah he's yelling stella streetcar named desire you know he gets kicked out yeah, never mind i got your reference thank you mad mike we love brando he's great i did not get your reference well then. <laughs> so I think some of the, the imagery in this movie, like the use of color and stuff, kind of reminds me of Kubrick a little bit. Yeah. Like the um, the start starting scene where it's in that um, like theater and it's got all the, the background is that same color, red, right? Deep red. So it's probably red. And like that just reminded me of a Kubrick aesthetic and look. Yeah, I could definitely see that. He's a... I think that's this guy, this director's biggest strength is his visual style. Like he did Suspiria, which is one of the most visually stunning movies I've ever seen. And like his um, his camera movements, too, are like just kind of like so smooth and almost kind of modern, like compared to what you would see in other movies, like in the 70s, where it's kind of almost like a little bit shaky. This guy, like he's got he's got his his shots like planned out and he's got the lighting and stuff down just like it's it's really it's really good to look at like it looks real good yeah i love his camera work in this film i think he does a good job making tension with the camera movements i mean he does all kinds of things you know these like uh zooms like he'll zoom in real quick zoom in real slow with like the, like, the lens zoom you know he'll do that kind of like swooping thing where the camera seems to kind of like drop down at an arc into a scene and these are all things that they like teach you in like film class like don't do that it'll make your audience really uncomfortable he does a good job of using it to make you feel like kind of uneasy in the face of this uh weird murder conspiracy and i like the like the the tone of like everything time the murder is there like when he's got those gloves on whenever he like zips up his gloves and stuff like it's like ooh, like so intense yeah and he like oh like all the close-ups of like the toys and stuff mm-hmm. and like yeah when he's going doing that montage he's like the camera's just like smoothly moving down like a line of all these strange objects that this killer's got it's like what is this guy like what ugh. 
creepy. Yeah, this movie did have a lot of, you know, like the cameras following the killer and you see his hands. It's like first person perspective kind of stuff. That was kind of cool. I did like that. It just it's such like an old st- you don't really see that anymore and it's it's kind of like a cool thing. Well, it reminds me of um like the first Halloween movie. How it just starts out and you see uh Michael's perspective as he's going through knifing people, you know? It's just kind of a slasher thing. You don't want to show who the slasher is yet, but you want to show what they're doing, you know, their perspective of it. Good way to keep the killer's identity a secret. I, I was reading about this movie and I saw that it was in this genre. I remember that it was the Italian word for yellow. Oh, I don't remember what it's called. I know what you're talking about. It was like Gallia or something like that. But in reference to like old murder mystery books with like yellow paper covers from like being out on display in like some used book stand on like the street. And this movie, I think, really feels <laughs> like a uh, old timey murder mystery book, like with those kind of hand motions. It's like it's like something you'd read almost, you know, the killer zipped up the gold zipper on his dark black leather gloves and the light glinted off of him. It looks really detailed. And it like reminds me of reading like Agatha Christie back in the day. It is kind of like old school, kind of pulpy almost with like, yeah, like the psychic stuff that's involved. And like the really weird, I mean, there's some, if you like slashers, there's some pretty gruesome kills in this movie. There's also like a weird mechanical doll that doesn't really, (laughs) I don't know about that doll. Like it was creepy, but (laughs) it never really comes up again. That is like the creepiest scene in the movie, I think. Kind of reminded me of like Saul a little bit, you know? It did, yeah. <laughs> it looks like the Saul kind of doll. It was a good idea. It's like a one-off thing in this movie, but somebody made it into <laughs> something <laughs> pretty profitable. So we, we said a little bit about the acting. I, I think it was okay. I, I couldn't tell if it was dubbed over at all. I did like all the, the actors for the most part. The, uh, what's her name? His, like... Not it's not really her his like partner in crime the journalist she seemed a little over the top to me but I think she was a very good contrast to Marcus because he's like takes himself overly seriously and she she just kind of pokes fun at him the whole time he's kind of sexist a little bit a little um, bit <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> she like beats him in an arm wrestling match <laughs> yeah that was such a weird scene I mean I guess it was the seventies but he's just blatantly like. Women aren't as good as men. They're weak and soft. And she's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, we don't need any of you women libertarians around here. It was a very weird scene, I thought. But And I mean, she beat him, so it's not like... <laughs> it kind of... It, it proved him wrong. His beliefs wrong a little bit there. So I think the director might have been trying to say something about about that. but Seems like a weird character flaw, I guess. <laughs> Seems like a lot of times in movies, you know, it's like the character's flaw is that they care too much. They're too passionate about something, but this guy's just like, nah, I don't like women. They're weak. <laughs> I don't need your help. I can do it myself. I'm a pianist. <laughs> <laughs> I teach at a college. I can figure this out. <laughs> I guess he kind of does. He gets close. Yeah, with like the help of a bunch of people like actually doing the investigating. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Jeez. So I guess we ready for some overall presentations? Uh, yeah, I guess so. So yeah, this movie is kind of weird. It's a good contrast from what we had been watching, you know, in our series uh, leading up that had some really, you know, heavy subject matter that was the main focus of the movie pretty much well this one has some some kind of some heavy you know subject matter in it it's kind of like meshed in with all this other goofy stuff going on 
imagery and whatnot. What just really stands out to me the most about this is the soundtrack and how goofy it was at times. And uh, I, I'm going to give it a watch it because I think I really enjoyed that part of it. It was just kind of different. It was kind of fun. Um, but it's got cool imagery and it's got a decent story, you know, to go with it. So I think it's worth a watch. Yeah, I love 70s film. It was like TV was saying earlier, you know, it's like they're, they're figuring things out. They're messing with the toolkit of tools they may not fully understand. The actors are still kind of like engaging in these kind of classical acting, uh, I guess, tropes, for lack of a better word. Yeah, they're just being really theatrical compared to like contemporary film. So I think it was a really fun era in film all over the world. And this one is like a old-timey kind of pulp mystery which is awesome and i love it so i'm gonna give i would even give this one a buy it like i would totally watch this movie again like if it was raining outside you know i'm hanging out in the office you know typing away doing my thing put something on in the background i would totally watch this in the background get that funky bass soundtrack going on i'm gonna give this one a buy it and i'm really interested to see more of this guy's work it i think the main thing that really works for me in this movie is the the stuff with the killer when the killer shows up it's got the close-ups of the glove it's all in first person visually it just looks like so cool so intense the murders are really cool and intense um and then this contrasted with this kind of goofiness that i didn't actually notice it the first time i watched it but when i was watching with you guys i realized how ridiculous it is that a pianist is trying to solve this murder that he's no way involved in at all (laughs) but it's it's good there's some parts that like it kind of feel like it gets they don't explain things clearly sometimes when um some of the clues pop up like when he goes to investigate this house and uh why is he even doing this i think there's like a couple lines they give but really not they they don't make it super clear to the motivation of why characters are at where they're at there's a woman that's murdered that i think she either wrote the children's book that was part of a clue or she wrote the music that the person was using not really sure why she got murdered but it was a cool murder i guess visually so yeah, I might give it a watch. It. I think it's it's really good. It's not my favorite of his work. I've only seen two of them. That's Suspiria and this. Suspiria is really my favorite, but it's got all the good stuff I like from Suspiria, the visuals and the, the camera work. So, yeah, I'll give it a watch. It Cool. So I guess that rounds it out to a, a watch it. Yeah. Deep red, a watch it. So I think for our next series we picked um did we pick the b-list superheroes it's not in any cinematic universe it's like its own independent thing whether it be like the x-men old spider-man even going back to like spawn spawn yeah Ugh, please don't pick spawn <laughs> <laughs> venom which i might be picking <laughs> highly anticipated film venom oh hey speaking of highly anticipated films or do we want to go try and catch predator and do that one we could do like a one off if you want to do predator is it still going if we didn't miss it i might have missed it well if we can catch predator maybe we'll do that next but the next category will probably yeah non mcu dcu superhero stuff okay cool do we have one picked out yet so maybe we'll start off strong with the highly anticipated film venom uh yeah or predator depending on if predator's still here because i'm sure venom will be here for at least a couple weeks maybe it's highly anticipated. Everybody's excited for it. Yep, including Mad Mike. <laughs> ah, yes. I'm so pumped for it. I can tell. I can sense it in his voice. Okay, cool. So uh, be sure to tune in next time for one of those movies. Uh, this is Three Dudes Reviews signing off.